Bless the Lord. My name is Apostle Dr. Antonio E. Wright, Senior Pastor and Founder of Kingdom Expectations. You are now preparing to listen to Kingdom Expectation Ministries podcast. We pray that you be blessed, encouraged, and enriched as you listen to the Word of God. So tonight, my task is to continue some thoughts on the purpose and power of prayer. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Um, what power does prayer have? Prayer is most powerful when it is not selfish. Y'all can't see it. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. Prayer is most powerful when it's not selfish, but when you seek to bring God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. You know, we sometimes think prayer is all about us and what we need and what we want and what we desire from God. But prayer, prayer's main purpose is that God has put a purpose in us and that that purpose is served through God. So even our prayer should be centered around our purpose, not so much what we want. Of course, if we line up with God, what we want is what God wants. And when we want what God wants, guess what? He's going to answer that prayer. Amen. So, uh, so it's most powerful when we are serving God's purpose. Prayer is most powerful when you pray in line with the will and purpose of God for your life. If you want some real answers for God, you pray what he wants. And you'll find out what he wants is really what you want. You know, you might think you want something else, but when you line up with him, you find out what he wants is what's best for you. So know what your purpose is in God. Prayer is most powerful when we realize that God provides for purpose. God provides everything that is needed for every purpose that he has placed in our lives. Amen. So when we pray in line with our purpose, we pray in line with his will, God gives us what we need to carry out purpose. We've been talking a lot about purpose lately. And when our prayers line up with God's will, purpose will be carried out. Answers will be successful because we're lining up with his purpose for our lives. Amen. Every successful move in our life is predicated on our understanding what our true purpose is here on earth. We're not here just for ourselves. We're here to carry forth his kingdom. Mm -hmm. And how do we carry forth his kingdom? By carrying out the mandate and the purpose that he's put on our life. Every one of us in here. You know, we sometimes just think about, oh, the preacher got the calling, so he got to get it right. No. Every one of us have a call yes. on our lives, Amen. a purpose that we, we, that was designed in us to help carry out the purpose of God on this earth, to bring up the, the heaven, what's in the heavens here on the earth. Uh -huh, uh -huh. So, yes, everything that we do should be predicated on and understanding that purpose that God has assigned to us here on earth. When we understand our purpose, then it goes a long way on knowing what to pray. You know, because we we just hear it there and all over the place when we when we go to pray to God. But when we understand what our purpose is, we have a track to follow. Okay, this is what my purpose is. 
What does it take to accomplish this purpose in me? What does God need to do in me uh -huh. so that I can do the purpose that he designed just for me? Yes. Each one of us have an individual purpose. Now, it should um, be in line with, especially with the house that you're in. Uh-huh. Uh, so when that purpose, uh, when, when we understand what our purpose is, then we understand how we fit in the house we're in. Because sometimes we don't realize that even the house that you sit in, the house of God, that you, be, you have been assigned to a house. Yes. You don't just say, okay, I moved here. Down the street is a church. That's close. That's where I'm going. I used to hear preachers say a lot of one time, I shouldn't pass a church to get to a church. Well, huh. if that church you're passing is not your assignment, uh -huh, uh -huh. then you need to pray and find out where your assignment is. Because in your assignment, the shepherd that God has put at the house, the mentors that God has set, put at that house, the word that God has put in that shepherd's heart is designed for you. Amen. We are di at different levels. We have different callings. The food that you receive from the shepherd will be in lining with the purpose that God has put in you. So yeah, it matters where you go to church. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with the other ones, but God knows the diet that you need. Amen. And I can't go over here and eat sweet potatoes when I'm supposed to be over here eating carrots and beets. Yep. <laughs> so, so the food is designed just for you so that you can carry out the purpose that God has set for you. God is growing you. He knows what things he needs to put in you. He knows what things he needs to pull out of you. Yes. And guess what? That shepherd is going to know because God is going to reveal to the shepherd what you need. Amen. Not because the shepherd is nosy, but because the shepherd has to give you the food that you need to carry out the purpose that you have. Um, so understand that God knows what you need. He knows where to send you to get the food you need. You don't go to a heart doctor when you got a kidney problem. Amen. You go to a heart doctor when you got a heart problem. Yes. You go to a kidney doctor if you got a kidney problem. God knows the problems that are in each of us. And mm -hmm. None of us are that pure that none of us have problems. Mm -hmm. So when God assigns us to a place, he knows the issues that need to be worked out. He knows the growth that needs to happen. Uh -huh. He knows what you need to hear to get in line with that perfect purpose. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm talking a lot about purpose, but I said something about prayer. But your prayers won't be lined up until you figure out what your purpose is. Yes, yes. They yes. go hand in hand. You can't separate them. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. Because when you know your purpose, then God shows you what you need to pray to get that purpose in the earth. Mm -hmm. So, um, So when he assigned you to a house, it's because he's designing you to fulfill your purpose in the earth. Um, just serving is not enough. You have to serve with kingdom purpose. Because we think, okay, I'm in a house, I'm not sinning all that much. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But if that's not your assignment, if that's not your purpose, just serving is not enough. You need to know what your purpose is and where God has you assigned so that purpose will be fulfilled. Because even the house that he sets you in, you're helping that house fulfill its purpose. Uh -huh, uh -huh. He puts us together as a team to fulfill the purpose and the calling and the vision 
that God has on that house that he placed you in. So all that works together to get successfully, powerfully answered prayers. Um, so again, like I said, what does all that have to do with prayer? When you know your purpose, then you know how to align your prayers up with that purpose. Uh, you have to allow God to reveal to you what his purpose is in your life. When you start allowing God to reveal his purpose and you start pursuing that purpose, you watch God change your prayer life like you've never seen before. Because you begin to understand what he wants for you and what he wants to give to you. So I challenge you. Look at your prayer life this week. Look at what the purpose is that God has called you for. Match those two up and see how your prayer life changes. I guarantee you, you won't, you won't do things the same way anymore. So sometimes it's not what you do, but where you are. If you are in the right place, the Bible says your gift will make room for you. If you're sitting up in a house that gifts that are not being used, that God assigned those gifts, sometimes we call our own gifts out, you know. But if you're in a place where God has assigned a gift, that gift should be in use. That purpose should be working out. Um, so tonight I just picked a couple of scriptures. Uh, I won't read before you long. I just need to tell you what I'm going to tell you. You receive it, and I'll sit down. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So... So tonight, I just picked a couple of scriptures of some people who had to realize what their purpose was so they know what to pray and how to pray. So the first um, person that came to mind was Gideon. I call him the fleecer. <laughs> Y'all familiar with him? God gave him a job to do. He didn't think he could do the job. And he kept testing God. So let's look at Gideon. Uh, I'm coming from Judges chapter 6 mainly. And we'll see some things that God worked out in Gideon's life that helped to line him up with his purpose and helped him to have, to have successful prayer. So the first verse in chapter 6 tells us what the initial problem is. And verse 1 says this, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of uh, of the Lord and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Midians for seven years. Israel doing what Israel always did. God would move mightily. They'd be happy for a while and then they'd go back doing their own thing. Forgot about what their purpose was. But Israel had a purpose. Israel still has a major purpose in, in, the, in, uh, in this world and in our faith. So this was another time when they decided to go their own path, leave their purpose, and they got in trouble with God. So he said, okay, you don't want to do what I tell you to do? You don't want to do what I said your purpose is? Then you're going to be on lockdown for seven years under the Midianites. So down in verse 11, God sends an angel to Gideon. And he calls him out to be the one that will help deliver Israel out of the hands of the Midianites. So Gideon had to accept the fact that God called him to do the job. You know, it's kind of hard to believe 
God in prayer when you don't even believe the call he has on your life. Amen. So God gave Gideon an assignment and Gideon had to accept that assignment before he could move forward in the purpose of that assignment. So the next thing Gideon had to do, he had to face his fears. Um, in verse 12, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Gideon didn't feel like a mighty man of valor when God called him to lead an army to fight against the Midianites. Um, so he had to face his fears. Gideon was down in the wine press beating wheat. And they said even down there in the wine press, he was hiding so the Midianites could not find the wheat. So why would Gideon think, okay, I'm going to lead this army and beat the Midianites up when I'm, when I'm really a slave to them right now? So he really had to come to terms with what his purpose was when God called him. Then next in verse 13, God had to, Gideon had to believe God and not see what his physical eyes were seeing. We get to see by our physical eyes sometimes. We lose our purpose because of what we see. And instead of seeing here, we see here. And it just don't look right. And we don't want to follow that purpose. Because what I see. Uh, so Gideon questioned God. <laughs> you ever done that before? Gideon said unto him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this stuff befalling us? Now one thing Gideon must have forgot, or maybe he didn't get the word. They were in trouble because of what they did, not what God did. <laughs> so Gideon, okay, blame somebody else. Why is all this stuff falling on us. And where are all the miracles that our fathers told us about? They had a history. Israel had a history. God told them to put the laws on their forehead and tell the history of this nation to the descendants of this nation. Israel had a history. So apparently Gideon had heard, Gideon had heard that history. And so he wanted to know, where be all this, his miracles which our fathers told us, saying, Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. So he had a little bit of amnesia going on. They were in Midian because of what God did. They were in Midian because of what they did, and God punished them. So maybe sometimes when you think about that purpose and you're praying for God to do what he said he's going to do in your life, sometimes your eyes get in the way and you lose focus on your purpose. Sometimes we lose focus on why we're having the trouble we're having because we didn't like the purpose and so now we're doing our own thing. We can't blame God for that. We make our own decisions. So Gideon tried to put the blame somewhere else when in fact they had been disobedient to God. 
And so now in verse 14, Gideon says what he said, look, I got, I know the history. Where are all the miracles now? You delivered us out of Egypt. Why are we sitting up under these Midianites? Because you sinned. Then God tells him what he sees in verse 14. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy night. Thou shalt save Israel from the land of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? So while Gideon is looking with the physical eyes and seeing stuff that doesn't say purpose, doesn't say I'm going to win this, doesn't say it's lining up with what I know about you, God. But God said, thou shalt save Israel. Sometimes you've got to know in your Lord what God has said to you. I don't care what the situation looks like. I don't care what people have to say. When God speaks to you, you have to know that God spoke to you. And what he says will come to pass. You don't have to be the one to figure out how God's going to do this. Because 99% of the time, if he tells you anything, he's not going to tell you all of it. So quit trying to figure it out. Quit trying to be logical. Quit trying to put two and two together. Two and two never equals four with God. <laughs> because he's a majority God. <laughs> so quit trying to figure it out. If God said it, believe it. And that settles it. So, um, so God reminds Gideon, look, I don't care what you see, I don't care what you remember. What I said is, you will save Israel from the hands of the Midianites. So then again, God, Gideon, God spoke to this man a couple of times after, this is what you're going to do. Now we know who Almighty God is. Why do we have a problem accepting what he says to us? If he said it, the word says he's not a liar. If he said it, he's going to do it. But Gideon still has some issues. So in verse 15, he said, now he, he's gone from, okay, God, you said this stuff, but I don't see it. Now he's gone to making excuses. He said, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. So now he's making excuses. You know, it was like, uh, um, Moses with the stammering tongue. So now he's saying, look, my family's poor. They don't respect me in my own household. So now I can't do this thing. <laughs> so he's gone from history now to, okay, so you're not accepting what I'm saying. You're still telling me I can do this thing. Here's another excuse. Let me see if I can pop this one on you. They don't respect me in my house. They're poor. What am I to do? So he said, I hear you calling me. He finally gets an ear to hear. I hear you calling me, but I'm not qualified for this. How many times have you said that to God? Well, God's not receiving that either. Verse 16 says this. He reassures Gideon again. He said, and the Lord said unto him, surely I will be with thee and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. Now he's going in with an army, but God said you're going to smite them as one man. And really when you think about it, that one man who knows his purpose, you had the rest of the people with him that, that's needed to fight the battle. 
But Gideon had to get his head and his heart right first. How many people's lives have you affected because your head or your heart wasn't in the right place? Yeah, you know, we need to deal with that. Because we always say, you know, I ain't hurt nobody but myself. Well, that's a lie. Because we all have purpose. And if we're not doing the purpose that God called us for, we're hurting those around us because we're called to minister to each other. And if you're not in place, somebody's not getting what they need. So yeah, one person can affect a whole lot of stuff if they're not in the right place doing the right purpose. And if you don't know your purpose, you can't pray the right prayers. The power is in knowing your purpose. So Gideon comes back again. So God says, surely, in 16, I will be with you, and you will overtake these guys. So now Gideon said, show me a sign. I mean, how many, how many times? He, how many times did God had to assure you, I got you covered, bro? But no, I got God. I need another sign. <laughs> so you know, been there, done that. <laughs> and so Gideon, this time Gideon said, God, okay, God, I hear you, I hear you. Okay, stay right here. I'm going to get a present for you. Don't go anywhere. I'll be back. So he goes to get a meat offering. He offers the meat offering, and the angel that spoke to him in the first place sets fire to the meat offering. And then the angel leaves. And after that, Gideon is finally convinced that it's God talking to him. After all these things God promised, he, he still don't know. God, is that you talking to me? Well, who else you think it is? <laughs> the devil wouldn't be telling you you're going to be successful at something. So who else you think it is? So he said, okay. I finally, and he now finally believes that it's God that's speaking to him. Then God confirms another thing to him because he's going to war. And God says, you're not going to die in this. Because sometimes we think God put us in something and it's going to kill us. Uh-huh. Well, I promise you this. 99% of the time, he's not trying to kill your body. He's trying to kill your flesh. <laughs> so God promised, okay, yeah, you're going to war, but you're not going to die. And when you're in God's purpose, he keeps you. So don't be worried about, okay, I'm going to die. No, not as long as you're in his purpose. Amen. And then finally, at the end of that chapter, Gideon challenges God one more time. And this is the one you hear most times in, in sermons about the fleecy. Mm -hmm. You know, he puts out the fleece. Okay, let the fleece be wet, the ground be dry. He puts it out again. Let the ground be dry and let the fleece be wet. Mm -hmm. I know God had me, but that's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> I know he had me shaking his head. How many times are you going to test me? Why don't you just believe my word and get on with get on with this thing? Amen. Because I mean, the longer you delay this, the longer the people are still sitting up under the Midianites. Mm -hmm. So Gideon, and again, he was challenged again because he had a whole bunch of soldiers. And I'm not going into the whole story that he wanted to take to this war. Mm -hmm. God finally dwindles him down. Amen. To three hundred men. To three hundred. Amen. 
And there was a whole bunch of those Midianites. But God said, uh-uh, no. I don't need that many for my job. Yes. For your purpose. I don't need for 300. <laughs> and so that's what happened. And Gideon was successful in his purpose, but only after he stopped fighting God and stopped disqualifying himself. Amen. So stop fighting God and stop disqualifying yourself for the job. Amen. If God said you can do it with him, you can do it. Amen. Quit fussing and fighting. Quit fleecing. Okay, God, if I see this red car come down the road today, I know this that I'm supposed to do. Stop. If God called you to do it, he said you can do it, then do it. Amen. So once he stopped fighting God and disqualifying himself, then Gideon finally had the power to do and the, the purpose that God had called him for. You will not have power in your prayers until you stop fighting God. Because when you stop fighting God and you start praying his purpose, he gives you what you need to accomplish the purpose. Um, God only gives provision for purpose. So you can go out there and try to situate, God tell you what you need to do. You go out here and situate yourself in your own wisdom, trying to do it your way. God only provides provision for purpose. So you're gonna fail if it's not lined up with God's purpose and God's power. So quit wasting your time, quit wasting God's time. Do it his way and get through it and grow through it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Quit fighting God. It's a waste of energy. Think about the last time you 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 challenged God. How tired did you get? <laughs> How boggled down did your mind get? Trying to fight with God. Quit wasting your energy and your time and just do what God tells you to do. He's got purpose for you. Uh, <laughs> um Apostle said something last week that, that I like, and I wrote it down in here again. He said, we can agree with God's purpose, even in our lack of faith and uncertainty, because there, there's gonna be growth. He only puts us through things to grow us. There's gonna be uncertainty because God doesn't always tell you everything, because if he tell you too much, you're gonna mess it up anyway. But, uh, <laughs> but we can always agree with his purpose, when we line up with that purpose, God will line up with provision. He will line up with direction. He will line up with provision. And you get the purpose accomplished. Uh, one man in Luke, I think it is, remember his son was being thrown in the fire and it was convulsing and all that stuff. God said, if you believe, anything is possible if you believe. Mm -hmm. And that man's prayer was, God, I believe. Help my unbelief. I have found myself in that kind of place. But God, I know who you are. I know what you can do. Help my unbelief. Because you know, you kind of teeter-totter sometimes when you, you look at God and you look at the stuff. You look at God and you Lord, please help my unbelief so I can get this thing right. So if you find yourself in that place, that's an okay prayer. It's in the Bible. Help my unbelief. Because we all might find ourselves in that situation sometimes. So Gideon was able to accomplish his purpose because he finally quit making excuses, quit challenging God, quit fleecing God, and he finally lined up with the purpose 
that God had called him to. And those 300 men wiped out those Midianites and they were set free. I'm going to do one more person and I'll be heading to the end of this thing for tonight. Esther. We all know about Esther. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Esther was raised by a relative. Her father had passed. Mm -hmm. And when Queen Vashti decided, okay, I can't be this kind of queen that this king is looking for, he decided to get rid of her. Then they had to go out and bring in the maidens so the king could choose another wife. Esther was one that was chosen. So she gets in the palace and then trouble comes up because Haman, who worked for the king, he got angry with Mordecai. Mordecai is the one that raised Esther. Mm -hmm. Mordecai wasn't afraid of anybody. And he wouldn't bow to Haman. Mm -hmm. Haman wasn't nobody's king. Haman just thought more of himself than he ought to have. Mm -hmm. And when he went before the people, those that were scared of him bowed. He didn't realize maybe how much of a Jew Mordecai was because Mordecai said, I cannot bow before a man. I can only bow before God. And when Haman figured that out, he went to the king, whispered in his ear, said, okay, we got this man out here who refuses to bow. And then he didn't, he didn't just attack Mordecai, he gonna attack the whole nation. Uh-huh. And he said, these people <laughs> don't want to honor your laws and your rules. So I think we ought to kill them. I don't know where the king's head was, but he agreed to it. <laughs> and so when the word got back to Mordecai, then he passed the word on to Esther. Mm -hmm. So let me just go through my notes here. So Mordecai had to remind Esther of her purpose for being in that palace. Mm -hmm. She wasn't in the palace just to be the king's wife. She was in the palace because God appointed her to be in that palace for a purpose. Amen. I'm sure she was young. That's the way they did it back in those days. Young, inexperienced, and while Mordecai was a good racer, very good with the laws uh, uh, of God, when she got in there and got all that fanfare and fancy treating, she got comfortable. Mm -hmm. Kind of forgot what she was in there for. She may not even been clear on it herself, how she got there at first, but Mordecai knew. Mm -hmm. And so she forgot and got comfortable in all that pleasure all the stuff, even though she had some wisdom in there because she knew who to listen to when she went in there, but that's a whole other story. So Mordecai had to remind her, hey, who knows that you have not come into the kingdom for such a time as this? Mm -hmm. So my question to you is, have you sought God for your true purpose? You know, because we, we end up in places, we're not sure always how we got there and we get comfortable. And we forget who got us there. And then when things don't go right, and you start doing your own thing, well, God, you gave me this job. Why is it going like this? Because he got a purpose. <laughs> you gave me this stuff. Now I lost my job, and I can't afford to keep it. He got a purpose. Yes, yes, yes. You bringing these people into my house? I didn't invite them in. They acted like they crazy. They got a purpose. So, 
So we need to figure out what the purpose is, even when it's strange or when it's a struggle, there's still yet a purpose. Yes, amen. And so Mordecai did not give in to Esther's fears because two things happened. Mordecai was at the front gate in sackcloth and ashes because his people were about to be wiped out, really for no reason. And you could not be unhappy before the king. Mm -hmm. So sackcloth and ashes should never be a part of your attire when you're at the king's gate because you're subject to be healed. Then he goes to Esther and says, hey, you're in here for a reason. You need to go see the king. Well, then she's fearful because if you go before the king and he has not summoned you, uh -huh. even though she was his wife, if he has not summoned you and you go before him, if he doesn't put out his scepter, you're dead. Mm -hmm. So Esther has some real fear, real reason to fear, mm -hmm. outside of knowing that God had purpose there for that. So you got that's when you got to know your purpose. Mm -hmm. So what I liked about that thought was we all need someone in our lives that will hold us accountable. Amen. Esther had a, a, a cousin who held her accountable for the place where God had assigned her. Because she could have got fearful and said, oh, I don't want her killed. I raised her. She's like a daughter to me. No. When God's purpose comes, all that other stuff, all that emotional stuff goes aside. Got to deal with the purpose. And so Mordecai held her accountable. Do you have someone or some people in your life that hold you accountable. Ideally, it should be your shepherd. Ideally, it should even be those of the, the, the Bible says, uh, iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm. and, and when something is wrong, somebody has to be willing to speak up to you and say, hey, pull, pull them aside and say, hey, this is not right. This is what you need to be doing. And only do that if God appoints you to do that. Because they got to be able to receive it from you. Now, you out there cutting up. You don't have room to go talk to nobody. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you need somebody to be holding you accountable. Mm -hmm. But God appoints you to people sometimes to help them along the way. And so Mordecai was that person to hold her accountable. Are you afraid of dying for God's purpose? Because like I said before, nine times out of ten, he's not trying to kill your body. He's trying to kill your flesh. Mm -hmm. Because as long as you got purpose, you got to still be here. Mm -hmm. So how much are you willing to give up for God's purpose? Are you willing to give up comfortableness? Are you willing to give up stuff in order to live out the purpose of God? That's what it's going to take to get those answers to prayer. Because he makes provision for purpose. So they went into fasting for three days. Uh, um, Esther is finally realizing, okay, this is God. This is purpose. So she called a fast for three days. Her, her maidens that were in there with her in the palace, and she told Mordecai, tell all the Israelites to go on this fast for three days. 
And during that three days, she had to consult to God. What is your purpose? What is your plan? How do I do purpose in this assignment that you call me to? Another note, how much time do you spend with God? What is my purpose? What is my plan? How is this gonna play out? How do you, what do you need me to do to fulfill my purpose in this thing? Not just a big bam, thank you ma'am. You need a real prayer. Two way, you talk, shut up, let God talk. Amen. Because in that, God gave Esther strategy. Because you know, when the first time she called for the, with the dinner to, to talk over this matter, it didn't go as she had planned. Mm -hmm. But God brought that thing back around. And he showed her what to do and how to do. And at the end of that thing, Haman ended up dead. The one that was trying to kill all those people. Mm -hmm. He ended up dead because Esther fulfilled her purpose and her calling in that place. So when she was willing to let her flesh die, God gave purpose, he gave power and of wisdom because he had to tell her how to do these things and she listened. So he gave power of wisdom and then he gave power of favor because the king agreed to what needed to be done. And then as it all played out, the king saw where the fault was and he lined it up with the purpose. Mm -hmm. And the people lived because we still had yet a savior to come through that line. So those people had to live. Mm -hmm. And had they been wiped out, no savior because he had to come through that bloodline. When you allow the flesh to die, the power of God takes over your prayers and God guarantees results in your prayers when you line up with purpose. Without a true purpose from God, there is no power in prayer. Amen. Because our prayers need to line up with the purpose. And when we line up with the purpose, God gives the provision. Without a true purpose from God, there really is no need to pray. Because your prayers are powerless if they don't line up with what God is saying and doing and what his purpose is in your life. Everything we take before God is connected to purpose. It's all about his kingdom coming and his will being done on the earth as it is in heaven. Whatever is done in your life will always be about God's purpose being served. Don't ever forget that. Amen. Because you get lost if you get, okay, this is crazy stuff. But what is your purpose? When you pray for purpose to be served in your life, your prayers will always be answered in accordance with his will. If you always want a yes from God, just make sure it's lined up with purpose and God's will. And you always get your answers. And I, the last thing I want to go through tonight is the Lord's Prayer. Because <laughs> I saw it in a different way this time. As many times as we prayed it, read it, and talked about it. So I'm gonna, just going to read it through and give you my thoughts. So in in several scriptures <laughs> in the gospel. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Start out with worship. 
and worship the one true God. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Worship, purpose. Give us this day our daily bread. Worship, purpose, daily provision. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Worship, purpose, daily provision, forgiveness. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Worship, purpose, daily provision, forgiveness, deliverance. For if we forgive men our trespasses, your Father, your Heavenly Father, who also will also forgive you. But if we forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So there must be a thing about forgiveness, because he talks about it twice. Yes. Worship, purpose, daily provision, forgiveness, deliverance. There's nothing he can't deliver you out of. And forgiveness again. If, if we line up with that strategy, even in the Lord's Prayer, it will keep us on target with our purpose. It will give us what we need in our purpose. So the, to those of you who are online tonight, have you asked God what your purpose is? Or maybe tonight you're in a place where, you know, I go to church, I've heard some stuff, but I don't have it quite right in my head. And maybe you haven't quite established that relationship with God that you need because until you do have that relationship, there's a struggle with knowing what your purpose is. So a simple thing, if you have not established your relationship with God, if you have not received salvation through Jesus Christ your Lord, here's a simple method. We call it the Roman road to salvation. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We were all born with the wrong spiritual DNA. We were born with Adam and Eve's DNA after the fall. So we are all considered sinners from the day we're born because of our DNA connected with Adam and Eve. We inherited that sinful nature. So not one of us can say, I've never sinned, I've always been holy, I've always, no. You were born with that DNA and it needs to be fixed. There's a penalty for being born with Adam's DNA. And uh, for the wages of sin is death, which is Romans 6.23. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So there's a wage and there's a gift. So tonight maybe you need to ask for forgiveness for your sin. There's a remedy for this DNA problem. Romans 5.8 says God commanded his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So he didn't just leave us hanging out there because we were born with that bad DNA. The word says that while we were yet sinners, Jesus gave his life for us, that we might have salvation, that we might have uh, uh, freedom from sin, that we might have forgiveness of sin. God loved us that much that he died, Christ died while we were yet sinners. Who has access? Everybody has access to this salvation. 
Romans 10, 13 says, For whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Bless the Lord. We pray that this broadcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe to Kingdom Expectations Podcast and also like us on our social media Facebook page at Kingdom Expectations. As always, stay blessed and be safe. God bless you.